Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm going on vacation. I know that. I know that. What are you going to do? What's going to happen? Uh, today, I go to Madison, Wisconsin to go to the CrossFit oh. Games. And I'm actually very what? worried about it because I don't know which I'm going to. I started buying crypto and yeah. I'm now a vegan. So I don't know which to <laughs> tell people first uh, when I walk into a bar. Uh, and then I'm going to, where am I going? Then I'm going to Ibiza. Ibiza. You probably to are see going to DJs Ibiza. and be the yeah. oldest person there. Uh-huh. And uh, you, know, you know what Americans think of Europe, Kara? What? They don't. We don't <laughs> we care. We could go back. Everyone's coming back we and forth. We don't care. We'll yeah, see. the new we'll Amber see. thing. And then, yeah. I got a, and then I got a Nantucket uh, for oh, the rest man. of- Oh, man. This is- Oh, my God. You're such a cliche of a rich guy. I am a cliche. Yika deka. I'm a cliche of a cliche. Yeah, I just solved that by not taking vacations, just so you know. That's how I do it. Well, you know what? I told my boys. I told them, all right, I pulled out a big nap. I put it up on the refrigerator, and I said, take a dart- and we can go anywhere. And they, so I said, wherever the dark goes, that's where we're going. Oh, so no. we're spending two weeks behind the refrigerator. Okay, great. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> that's, that's such a dad that's joke. That's good vacation humor. Oh, my God, that's such a dad joke. You want to know something mm-hmm. I noticed? Very interesting. What's I was that? talking about this before. People loved when you put up that judo video of, of, uh, of, of you saying smacking this is my ass smacking around. My ass. <laughs> It was a little weird how much people thousands. enjoyed that video. People loved it. It was crazy. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 I did judo. You know that, right? In college. Uh, I did not know that. So we're adding that to the more guess who is the lesbian. I was going to be a spy. <laughs> and I did judo. And I did judo. Excuse me. Judo. Judo. Talk about cliche. No offense. Talk yeah. a li- little cliche yeah. here. Yeah, Little cliche. Yeah, I was, you did judo. I, I got to a green belt. I don't know. I don't brown belt. Who knows? Anyway, I was. I liked it. It was cool. I like. But I was always sat upon by other judo people. Like I always lost because people upon. sat on me. I was very, very, very skinny. I was 105 pounds. It was crazy. You're and a little thing. I was a little thing. Now I'm wow. same height, substantially wow. more weight. Um, but they, uh, but they sat on me, and that was the end of the judo situation. That was it. <laughs> That was a tough was little it. one, but that was it. That was the whole nine yards. That brought brought a quick end to your judo career. <laughs> judo career. I may get back to it. I may get. I'm do. I've been doing uh, um, tai chi lately to calm myself down. What do you think about that? Um, I would. I I'd go straight sport. to drugs. I'd go straight to Xanax. <laughs> I do tai chi as well. It's called Xanax, but. Oh, um, God. You know, I, I think that's great. Good for you. Good. Yeah, good, yeah, we'll good see. Good for you. Well, there's a lot going on. Let's have a little banter. Yeah. Let's have a little banter. This is our final banter for a month. I'll miss you so much. Um, so Instagram is introducing new child safety protections. The platform announced changes this week that include default privacy accounts for children 16 or younger, hiding teens' accounts potentially from potentially suspicious adult accounts, preventing advertisers from targeting kids, and removing existing accounts of kids under 13 and creating a new age verification method. This is like, you know what my question for this? Uh, why hadn't they done this before? Because yeah, I was like, wait, that is, that isn't in place already. Yeah, um, I know. Isn't that crazy? I was sort of like, I'm not giving you any claps for this one. I was sort of shocked that this wasn't in place. Yeah, I, when I read this, I thought it was like new safety standards for your pet African anaconda, and you're like, well, mm-hmm. hold on, there are pets who are African anaconda. I think Instagram and kids are oxymorons. I, I don't think that term should exist. Yeah, they're gonna they're they're gonna do Instagram for kids thing. I just the whole thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't. If they didn't do this first, they were letting like potentially suspicious adult accounts see teen accounts. That's crazy, you know. And then they were, you know, yesterday I think the one of the reporters was doing some hashtag that was just awful, you know, like 
teen toes or something terrible and like mm-hmm. pulled up all kinds of awful business. And so I just don't, you know, I don't know how they prevent kids because, you know, my kids tried to get onto these accounts when they were under 13. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we were, uh, we were hip to that. Um, and it's really, I just don't even understand. I do, good. They put in the child safety protections that should have been there 17 years ago. So I don't feel very good about it. Yeah, that. and Facebook too. Facebook really is the master of distraction and illusion. You'll look over here while we do this over here and hope that you don't see it. Instead of a conversation, the conversation we should be having is what is the age where people should be allowed on platforms that results in greater levels of self-harm and depression? Like what mm-hmm. there's there's evidence, my colleague Jonathan Haidt and other uh, psychologists have found a link between teen depression Ten, and totally. social media platforms. And so mm-hmm. the question should be, all right, what should the age be? Instead, they say, no, let's let's skip that question and talk about all the things we're going to do to make it less bad. And, th- and we'll end mm-hmm. up with an argument yeah. that immediately presupposes that we're down with kids being on Instagram, which we shouldn't be. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just, there's just, it's not a good it's not a good form. It's like sugar. Like you shouldn't give kids yeah. too much sugar. That's just the way it it's is. Not it's not as cool not... as judo. Did you know judo is the <laughs> Japanese art of folding clothes perfectly while the people are still in them? <laughs> Boom! That's good martial arts. You know. Wait, where do you come with these bad jokes? Speaking of uh, another topic we've talked about a lot, Clubhouse. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't need an invite to get in. It's not exclusive. <laughs> this Unfortunately, nobody wants to get in anymore. This this is, uh, the happy? numbers have gone down rather significantly. Um, yeah. They were, of course, they boomed. Um, they boomed millions of downloads when it became available. And then they went to Android, which is critically important, but interest among iOS users is falling. Um, so it, it was interesting that they're, now that they've opened up, they had, they said they had 10 million people on the list or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and only a couple, you know, 400,000 or something like that, but to, when they opened it up, um, which is good, but still, uh, not, it, it's interesting because I did a social media, social vocal thing, I guess, social vocal mm-hmm. social or whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, and it was great on Twitter. I do Twitter spaces and the people who use it love it. And we have great audience. Mm-hmm. We have a thousand people. Um, and there's lots of other competitors, Spotify Green Room, Facebook Live Audio Rooms, LinkedIn's going to have one. Um, but I, 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 and, and I like it. I like the product. I just feel, again, we were correct that this is a, this is a feature, not a, not a separate company. Yeah. And we also predicted one of our predictions six weeks ago was that the valuation of the latest round of Clubhouse was $4.5 billion, and Apollo purchased Yahoo, the fourth most trafficked internet site in the world, for $4.5 mm-hmm. billion. And that one was going to increase in yeah. value, and the other was going to decrease in value. And granted, some of those numbers yeah. are a bit illusory, because it's just the lead investor trying to maintain momentum to fool the markets into believing that an audio mm-hmm. product, as you put it, with almost no revenue, is worth $4.5 billion. But this is going to be... I. I, so I, let's help them. Let's be useful instead of slagging them like we do, which we do right, because we we right. are not slagging. We're just pointing out the obvious. But what uh, what would you uh, what would you do if you were them? Because it's a good product. Like they're good products. Yeah. Um, I think that there's an opportunity for uh, Substack like competitor to also go into video and start um, hosting video and audio and newsletter shows for creators that want to try and go direct mm-hmm. with some sort of subscription model. So the and, talent. Yeah. Well, I, I think the Substack model is the way to go. And, or mm-hmm. quite frankly, the OnlyFans model is the way to go. And that is try and figure out a way. They've got a lot of people who've downloaded the app. So if they said to creators, look, if you can create your own 
show, your own newsletter. Uh, I do think there's something around that creator economy yeah. that disperses creators to the end user. I think, and I think they're all sort Agreed. of circling it, and it's kind of, and, and they should pull a BuzzFeed and try and merge with the survivors uh, to get some scale. But I don't, I don't think I have a killer idea for an audio-based. Um, I don't even know what you call this. It's a feature. This. It's a feature. But I have to do, yeah. I will say it's great. And everyone who I've had on, I had Kellen Browning talking about all kinds of things last night, Activision and things like that. And he was like, I love that. Like people, the minute they use it, they lo- they like using it. And it actually was a very civil discussion and the audience was mm-hmm. great. And so I can't say enough about how, I mean, Twitter has glitches in the spaces, no question. Yep. Um, yep. But it's... Um, I, I, it's really interesting to have a great product that you know isn't going to stand on its own. I think you're right to become like a focus in on the talent because I think that's what's driving people to these spaces is people like myself yeah. and others who have actual chops in creating content and not just everyone but, let's get but, together but and the talk real about advice, shoes or something. The real advice, yeah. and they've probably already tried this, the real advice is to sell. The real advice, yeah. I mean, they do have uh, a built-in customer base. The, the space has been identified as hot. I would imagine there's a platform no that would give them peace with honor that. and pretend. No that way. No, no way. way is anyone paying $4 billion for that. No way. Oh, no. I don't think that would happen. But they would It'll say be a fake that with $4 billion. The, yeah, they would say with the poten- with the potential for an earn they it would, or better they would just say terms are not disclosed. Yeah, um, you know, like when oh, my favorite is Tumblr purchased for one point one billion, oh, and then yeah. what five or six years later sold for three million. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the Tumblr, yeah. the audio space. Okay, very good point. All right, last thing, Gawker. Gawker's back, the infamous news and gossip site. It's rocked back from the dead by the Bustle Digital Group. Um, yeah. If you don't remember, we all remember, uh, it was folded mm-hmm. in 2016 after they lost a lawsuit filed by Hulk Hogan and bankrolled by Peter Thiel. Um, Leah Finnegan, who's quite a, a uh, she's a sharp-edged writer. Uh, she was a staffer at the original. Plays Gawker, judo, the no. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I don't know. I don't know her. I think she's very funny, though. Um, in an introductory post, she asked readers to keep an open mind, adding that, quote, the current laws of civility mean that no, it can't exactly be what it once was, but we strive to honor the past, embrace the present. What do you think about this? Can you bring back brands like this, Mr. Brand? Mr. Brand. Oh, Gawker's, Gawker's got what is, I mean, what's interesting is I think it was purchased for like one and a half million dollars, the brand out of, <laughs> out of um, bankruptcy. And that's a great buy because it's a global, well, I mean, not a global brand, but it has global awareness. And part of the most difficult thing about building a brand is just awareness because there's a ton of studies showing that about 98 to 99% of the money and time we spend on products are with brands that we've already heard of. So you're likely to click on a link that says the story on Tim Cook from Gawker is just much greater. And also Gawker, whether we like this or not, people like to watch slow-moving train wrecks and Gawker was mm-hmm. really good at depicting that. And yeah. so I think for a million stuff, and a half bucks- I got to worry for it because like now Twitter sort of takes, it takes everything gets a hot take on Twitter. Everyone on argues Twitter. with each other, yeah. you know, people put out nasty comments about each other on it. They like yeah. reveal things. I, I don't know. I think it's a different environment. I think she where- wants to take it in a different direction though. I, I think, look, I, I think a dozen hardworking, savvy, you know, I don't know, do you yeah. call them journalists, what they're doing there? I guess yeah. journalists. Um, and it's some. T- I think she's a talented editor and a brand yeah. that has a lot of awareness. I think they got a shot. Mm-hmm. I think they got a shot. Yeah. It, you know where they could go? Like where Spy, remember Spy, which was great and Carter, oh, yeah. you know, and they used to have columns that were so funny. And I didn't even care about media. Yeah, like I was like a really college great. student. I laughed and laughed and laughed. Same thing with Sassy. Yeah. Remember Sassy? I don't remember Sassy. It was a magazine. It was a great magazine for teen girls. It was, and I read it, of course, when I was in my twenties. But it was wonderful. The writers were wonderful. It was, it was funny. It was interesting. It's just there's a lot of competition out there, and a lot of people 
do what they did. They told, they took, you know, it reminds me a little bit of Rico and everyone was doing what Rico did eventually, mm-hmm. right? That we started to do. And I wouldn't know where to start again if, uh, if I was starting. Well, you have started years. again, Kara. It's called Pivot. Uh, just <laughs> that's headline true. news. That's true. Here, that's what I'm saying. Headline. I'm iterating. I'm iterating. I just don't yeah. know if you can go back anyway. All right. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, I mean, if I was taking that brand. Um, okay. Let's go to our first big story. Big tech is making lots of money these days. Apple, Microsoft, and Alphabet reported massive profits for the April to June quarters. Kind of astonishing. Three companies have a combined market value of $6.4 trillion, more than double their collective value when the COVID-19 pandemic started 16 months ago. Meanwhile, Facebook's revenue grew by 56% over a year in the second quarter, the second, the fastest growth since 2016. The company attributes the rise in ad prices, but warned of slowing growth in the quarters ahead. Nonetheless, what a, what an incredible, uh, for all of it, Microsoft had its most profitable quarter, uh, record-breaking profits, cloud computing, strong workplace software, strong alphabet, just killed it. You know, YouTube was, you know, ad revenue $7 billion, up 84%. And Apple profits doubled this past quarter's iPhone sales up. Um, worried about supply chain, but still, Am- and Amazon, we're waiting for Amazon, but they're expected to also do rather well. So what thinks you, Scott Galloway? There's no way to describe this other than just awesome, staggering, incredible. They're, they're, I mean, if you think about the pandemic, it's as if these companies were invented for the pandemic. What are we doing? We're at home. We're streaming. We're working remotely. We're absorbing a ton of data. And all of a sudden, we're staring at our phones and our smart speakers. And we're finding everything through our operating systems, our digital operating systems. We're no longer browsing in the mall. We're no longer going up and down the aisles in a grocery store. So our new arbiters of all commerce and even content, we don't see even billboards. Mm-hmm. We're absorbing and consuming so much data and, and products and services through which they are the gatekeepers. And so the numbers are just staggering. The thing that stuck out to me mm-hmm. is that I do believe this is um, further evidence of uh, legitimacy or justification for the breakup. And that is, oh, there's just no getting around it. You can't grow this fast it, without taking a lot of share from other players. This is just, they're just, they're just literally taking the oxygen out of the room for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't grow revenues this fast without it impacting just the entire ecosystem. The other thing, the thing that really stuck out to me though, was YouTube. Mm-hmm. And again, this goes back to why uh, a breakup will be good for shareholders. And that is YouTube is on a run rate of around 30 billion, growing 80% a year, 80% a year. So next year, so next year, if they were to be spun, you'd probably have a company running at a run rate of about 40 billion, maybe growing 60% a year. Uh, And also that company alone probably gets a multiple of 20X revenues. That company alone is probably potentially bumping up against a trillion dollar market capitalization company. And so the company trades at a total of 1.7 trillion. And then let me ask you this, when all of a sudden the analysts go, not only is this an amazing company growing 80% a year at $40 billion run rate, that's hugely profitable. They are now going to be unshackled to start, wait for it, a text-based search engine. Because guess what? YouTube is very good at search. And what are the prospects? Well, they're not. I mean, it's interesting because Go ahead. Go no. ahead. I'll, I'll 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 jump in in a second. But go ahead. But finish. the prospects, I, I think the investment market looks at a, a standalone YouTube that could get into text-based search and say capture just five or ten percent of that hundred and fifty billion dollar market, and you've got a fifty billion dollar company growing 60, 80 percent a year 
that thing's worth a trillion dollars on its own. So my point being that yep. the reason these stocks continue to go up is not only their incredible yeah, performance, but you, we also we have to stop this lie or believing this lie that big tech wants to foment that this will be really bad for shareholders, that this is an anti-capitalist idea, the yep. breakup. The breakup will be wildly accretive for shareholders. For everybody, yeah. We should make it. That's how we're trying to sell it. It's economically best thing to do. What's interesting about YouTube is there's just a, the Google has just made some changes around its search, um, including trying to deal with something called data voids. Have you heard about this? Essentially, it's if there's not a lot of good information, say, about vaccines, and if there's a lot of bad, it, it, it'll fill the data void. And Google started to say, we don't have enough data, we don't have enough good information on this rather than necessarily flag the bad stuff, but make people aware that there needs to be more good information. And so they're trying to mm-hmm. deal with these data voids and bring more data in and good and and good sources, essentially. And it's a difficult thing. Now, Google's not been sort of pilloried as much as YouTube, but I think YouTube has a real problem with surfacing bad content. And so yeah, they, they definitely- Radicalizing you know, and, young men. Yeah, it's really, yeah. it's a really interesting question of whether, you know, they would do more separately. They certainly have the opportunity to do more now, but it's a, you're right, that would be one thing. Uh, obviously, Microsoft, same thing, cloud computing and workplace software is killing it, but then they have their game thing. Should that be broken up or pulled apart? Not broken up forcefully, but should they think about it? Will they think about it? Probably not. Um, and, you know, each of these companies you could do that with, probably not Apple as much, right? It's harder to do that because it's such a linked, they're such linked, their software and services and and hardware is so linked in sort of an ecosystem. Um, but Amazon, you certainly have the opportunity. You're right. Now, what are they going to do with this extra cash, Scott? What are they going to do? They can't really buy anything. They, nobody's letting them because they're too big, right? They can't walk around and start picking up Pinterest or whatever the heck they want to get grab. That's a that's a really interesting question. Stock buyback, probably. No, and that's not. Apple they don't maybe like increase their dividend. They don't do those. They're not like the old companies. When I see a stock yeah, buyback, mature. I'm like, can't you think of anything else to do with your cash? Uh, agreed, agreed. But they're going to have so much cash on their balance sheets. You're going to you're talking about Google's going to have I don't know a hundred billion on its balance sheet at some More. point. <laughs> At some point, a Carl Icahn-like figure will show up to Google the way he showed up to Apple and said, you really mm-hmm. should be distributing this back to um, shareholders. But you're right. They probably can't do a big acquisition. I mean, people just don't understand the scale of this. this these companies right. are just literally, they're they're becoming, I mean, $6.5 trillion market cap for these companies. I think that's mm-hmm. the, what is that? I think that's the GDP of Germany. It's yeah. just, it's just a... I'm overwhelmed. I need to You're go to Ibiza and Just take so you know, MDMA. Alphabet has, which doesn't pay a dividend at all, is sitting on cash investments of 157 point, uh, 157.8 billion dollars. Okay, so it's got 150 billion dollars right, in cash. Right in yeah. cash. They can't buy anything, yeah. and I can't get good snacks and at they fucking ha- Vox headquarters. Literally, <laughs> I can't get snack. good snacks. Do you know how much Apple has cash on hand? 195.57 billion dollars, up 3.7 billion dollars. Yeah, that's, that's they can't buy anything. They can't buy, and their stock is high. It's like they don't even need the money. It's they're like they got whatever they feel like buying. They could, but they can't. It's really interesting. So, what do you imagine is going to happen? Break these breakups. You still, do you think that's going to happen? Yeah, it's gonna... it's going to be. Uh, look, again, everybody wins in a breakup, except for except for the CEO who wants to does sit that on apply the to your throne. personal life too, Scott? One, one's breakup? personal. Life. Yeah, breakup. I'm just saying. Does everyone? Do you benefit? know something I don't. What? No, I'm not. I'm kidding. I'm saying in general. In general, Scott. No, um, we're staying together, you and I. We are. Oh, good. Good. Up. I'm glad. Yeah. Although I, it did kind of, am I being manipulated into August. going on vacation such you can try out a lot of new hosts? 
Is this basically a Game of Thrones? Is this like when they brought on, I don't you know, know Dwayne Johnson and a bunch of people to see who would get who could get along with with Kelly Ripa? And the answer is uh, very, you know very few, very few people. Know That's very few people. You're right. You know what? I like to you have and Kelly Ripa. Got, you know, I'd like I, to see the you, two of you go at it. I met judo. her once. She scared me. I'll really? be honest with you. Yeah, I met her with a bunch of. I was in this NBC thing, and it was like a upfront kind of thing, and it was Savannah Guthrie, Megan Kelly. Hoda and then Kelly Ripa. Yeah. And it was, they were all real tall and skinny and they were talking about eating carbs, which I didn't believe a minute. Like they're mm-hmm. all like, oh, we had so much pasta. I'm like, doubt it. And they were, and I was looked like a hobbit next to them, like a hobbit. Mm-hmm. Unless and you're four foot tra- 10, Kelly Ripa is not tall. No, I think well, you're the first not person tall, who's ever described But she was tall. wearing really high heels. So I literally was the hobbit uh-huh. among them, but she had a, she had a laser look. She's, you know, she scared me. All oh, Dakota was, as, as you might imagine, Savannah Buck Drunk. was lovely. <laughs> no, she wasn't. She was lovely. Yeah, Savannah uh, was lovely. Megan Kelly was even lovely. And even though she'd said some appalling things of late and often, actually. Um, but uh, Kelly, Kelly just, file. she gave me a look. I was like, wow, she would cut me in a second. But no, I'm not going to be able to. No. But, you know, maybe, here's what I say. a little bit of vibe. To, let me maybe just say, here's vibe. what maybe I the morning, say to you. Maybe the morning show wants a little mommy. <laughs> no, maybe The View, maybe. Maybe I'll go on The View. I'm not conservative enough. They need a conservative. We got to get George Hahn on The View. You know, they're searching for someone. Yeah, George Hahn's a good idea. All right, back to the idea if I'm testing people, guest hosts. I like to have optionality, Scott. I'm always, I'm into optionality. That's my theme in general in life. But that hurts my feet. You're making me feel insecure. (laughs) And that means I'm going to have to do even more drugs when I'm in Ibiza. Ibiza. And a 56-year-old man in a K-hole, that's not a good look. I know, that's true. not a good look. Listen, as people are contemplating that, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about what we learned from the first Capitol insurrection hearing, which was really something, and take a listener mail question. What makes the struggle harder and more painful is to know so many of my fellow citizens, including so many of the people I put my life at risk to defend, are downplaying or outright denying what happened. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. So welcome back. That's Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police Officer Michael Fanone testifying earlier this week in front of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Uh, Fanone was one of four police officers who spoke at the panel's hearings, all of them one more devastating than the next. During the January 6th attack, he was beaten unconscious, suffered a heart attack, and was later diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury. His fellow officers described brutal hand-to-hand combat. One said the rioter uh, tried to gouge out his eye. Other, there, there was racial epithets, uh, thrown at them. And these were not normal tourists. Uh, Some of these um, Congress people are acting like they were normal tourists. You know what? The worst you can say is it was a protest that got way out of hand. The most you can say Mm -hmm. is an insurrection. So um, I'm willing to like talk about it in a way, but it needs to be investigated. So um, so this particular session mostly served to reset the scene of what happened that day and try to disabuse people that it was anything but violent. Um, And some people weren't violent. That's absolutely true. And of course, the committee is convening without support of many Republicans, including Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, who both said they didn't even watch it. Um, Obviously, Liz Cheney and Adam. Adam Kinsinger is are on the committee as Republicans. So, what do you think? What do you what do you what do you think? It's I was I was saying why have I not been more tuned into this? And it kind of reminds me, or it feels to me a little bit like the 
uh, concept that the virus might have escaped from a lab accidentally, mm -hmm. that this virus might be man-made and mm -hmm. the lack of security protocols might have resulted in what is the greatest health crisis in 100 years. And that is what happened here at the insurrection is so horrible and embarrassing for this nation. I have trouble tuning into it because and I absolutely want to investigate. I want to get to the bottom of it. We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to those officers. But I find the whole thing so disturbing. And I think the nation does too. I think the nation looks at it and goes, how, I mean, remember when we had John Meacham on, he said, mm -hmm. even during the civil war, they didn't get to the, yeah. they didn't get to the Congress. And yeah. here they did. And it's just, and then the notion that there was a president kind of rooting them on. And it looks like, I think we're going to find out that it, that it wasn't an inside job, but there was people aiding and abetting that is going to be shocking because they yeah. probably didn't realize how far it was going to get. Yeah. Liz Cheney uh, uh, wants the panel to issue subpoenas to investigate subpoenas, any yeah. potential ties between rioters and the Trump administration. The committee chair, ben, uh, uh, Benny Thompson, uh, doesn't rule out subpoenas for Trump and other senior officials. Um, you know, I think calling attention to it is right. There's There's been a real pushback by some on the right that it was besides normal tourist thing. It was not. Stop it. And like, and that it wasn't, hey, and, you know, Mouse. let's you know, kill Megan, the vice president. Yeah. Megan Kelly acting like, you know, it wasn't as violent. The media made it out to be, give me a fucking break, Megan. Sorry. Jesus. Like what's wrong the with you? There's there? so many, like, I know her and I'm just sort of shocked of the turn she's taken. I understand why she's doing it for ratings or whatever she's doing. Um, so, uh, so, you know, just this idea that it wasn't that or that, um, and that it was black, pro, black lives matter protesters and FBI, this all, they're trying to throw yeah, everything Antifa. and seeing, Antifa, seeing what, fit, <laughs> yeah. what it hits. This was a, yeah. this was a protest. And by the way, you can protest if you don't think the election happened the way you wanted it. You can, you were absolutely, you can, you can scream and yell, protest. you can, you yeah. can be mean, you can say nasty things. Great. Good on you. If yeah. you want to be an asshole. But the fact of the matter is they, it, they attacked the Capitol. They were, there was very malevolent forces in there. It was very mm -hmm. dangerous. Um, and and again, the worst, the the best you can say, it was a protest that got violently out of control, and then mm -hmm. and and had some elements of real malevolence going on, and it was spurred on by the president of the United States. In any case, it needs to be investigated. This was devastating testimony. Um, there's going to be more hearings, and I think we should keep reminding people. What's of the this. vibe in D.C.? You're more in touch with that stuff than I am. What do people think? What do people in the know think is going to happen? I think they're so appalled by the the right-wing efforts, the Republican efforts to pretend it didn't happen. And I see why they're doing it, like to dim diminish it. And I think these officers sort of were good in that regard. Um, I think they don't, Kevin McCarthy doesn't want to testify to what Trump said to him and he needs to testify. He needs mm -hmm. to, he's, he, he actually talked about it before he turned, he changed his mind on what happened as did many people. So, um, you know, they said one thing when it was happening and then right. And then now they have a whole new story, which means they're liars at one point in the situation, probably right now, um, right now, in fact. And so, uh, so we'll see, I think people are sort of like trying to make sure it's clear that this was a, a, a violent action at the Capitol. Nothing has happened like this in history. There was malintent. Um, not everybody there was doing that. There were people just outside just screaming. Um, but having a hanging noose in front of the Capitol is not a good look for Republicans. I'm sorry. It just isn't. There's no way around that. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so anyway, well, let's take a listener question. Roll tape. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hey, Karen, Scott. My name is Bart. I'm from Poland. I have a question for the dog. I mean, Scott. You keep on mentioning that your strategy is to only invest in regulated monopolies. 
Given it seems that FTC and the government at large will soon be tougher on the tech giants, many of those companies you invest in may soon be regulated. How would that change your investment policy? Would you disinvest your stock in those companies? I find it interesting because you also mentioned that, for example, AWS and Amazon would be collectively worth more after breaking them up. Keep up the good work. Bye. Oh, I love Thank that, guys. You, have you been to Poland, Poland. Kara? Yes, I have. Yes. Where times. in Poland have you been? Uh, Warsaw. Judo tournament? No. <laughs> I was living in Berlin. <laughs> anyway. Um, I love uh, Poland. Most beautiful square in Europe, Krakow. Yes, Krakow. Bratislav, uh, severely underrated. Gdansk, sounds awful. It's actually very lovely. Oh, Polish people, yeah, friendly. I've been all over Poland. I've only yeah. been to Warsaw. Um, yeah, nice. so, uh, so, so tell me, what this is a good question. We just discussed this, yeah. collectively war breaking up. So what would be your new policy? I think, Bart, let me, I'm going to answer this very quickly. He said it's that people are saying that that's the way to make money. He didn't yeah. think it was necessarily a good thing. Go ahead, Scott. No, look, I when pe- people ask me for investment advice all the time, and the first thing I tell them is I get it wrong all the time. And the key is diversification such that you're Kevlar from the mistakes and you will m- make mistakes. The wonderful thing about the markets is no one has been able to figure it out, maybe with the exception of Elon Musk who now manipulates the markets, but that's another show. But the wonderful thing about it is no individual knows what's going to happen. And you make mistakes, so you diversify. But the place where I have concentrated the majority of my public markets exposure over the last 13 years has been in Apple, Amazon, and I was in Facebook and I got out because people people correctly noted that I was so disgusted publicly that I was also financing uh, this firm. So I sold money, I sold, excuse me, I sold my stock in Facebook, but Apple and Amazon, unregulated monopolies Twitter? are just fan. I bought Twitter at 30, sold it at 50, bought it again at 32, sold it at 58. I've been in and out of Twitter, and I, I'm addicted to it. I have such a love-hate, as you know, relationship yeah. with Twitter. Anyways, the but I've done, I've done well there in terms of uh, investing, and I'm talking about trading, which you shouldn't do. Don't trade. Do as I say, not as I do. Anyways. So you wouldn't the, change your investment policy. You would just invest as they broke up, right? As there's closer uh, I to break would, I, I, I think on a risk-adjusted basis, there's just very few investment strategies that have worked as well and will continue to work as well is large firms that execute really well, that have monopoly power, and the government is asleep on the switch and not regulating them. That's right, just a v- Once they get regulated, what would you do? You hold on to them and then you'll the do better. Stocks will go up. Yeah. The stocks will go up. You, yeah. Instagram is an amazing independent company. AWS will be the most valuable independent company in the world by 2025. These are, this is what happens. CEOs, want to diversify. CEOs don't want... It is very stressful to have a company go up and down and earnings go up and down. So what CEOs like to do is they like to diversify and turn their company into conglomerate, which smooths out their earnings. Mm -hmm. And it also makes them feel important to be running a bigger company. But here's the thing. Investors don't need CEOs to diversify for them. I would like to own AWS. I don't don't want to crawl over an e-commerce company or a search engine to get to cloud players. I want to have pure play cloud companies. Mm-hmm. So if in fact, so what happens is the market responds mm-hmm. by finding the shittiest business and assigning the entire value to that business. When I was an investor and went on the board of the New York Times, my whole thesis was there's some amazing businesses in here, about.com, the tallest, seventh tallest building in America that was probably worth a billion dollars on its own. Uh, even 17% of the Boston Red Sox was worth a lot of money. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but everybody goes, this is a newspaper business. It's a shitty business. So we're going to mm-hmm. sign a multiple on EBITDA, a four to everything. So the disposition of assets in a in a conglomerate 
is accretive to shareholders. And, and we're not even talking about the dynamics of how they become more focused, more competitive, stop coordinating. Breakups are a wonderful thing for shareholders. So yeah, if if you if you wanted to find stocks right now, my 13-year-old niece called me and said, what stock should I buy? And I said, well, what's, what companies do you like? What do you do? And I just, it, I can't imagine anything the whole market's expensive right now, so you have to mm-hmm. be in the market for a long time to endure dips. But of a long-term perspective, great way to build wealth, unregulated monopolies, way to go. Mm. Even you, in a breakup. You, you, you helped because your of a niece, breakup. but when I asked you, you did not when I was doing an experiment. I don't like to give investment advice to my friends. Uh, well, I'm not doing it as an experiment, but okay. Sorry. Oh, that's right. You were buying stuff on public, right? Yeah, just trying to use it. Um, just a small amount. Um, so unregulated monopolies and wait for them to get regulated and then you'll do well again. That's really yeah. what Bart from Poland. Heads, heads they win, tails they win. So is there anything else? Is there anything else you've changed? Give Bart another little piece Anything of else I've changed? In your investments policy. Oh, well, I'm doing what I call an immunity strategy. And that is, I was really inspired by Shopify that said, if Amazon can be as big as it is, there's always an opportunity for a company to zag and do something entirely different. So Neva is the immunity to Google. Public is the immunity to Robinhood. Um, I think that better mortgage is the immunity to kind of systemic racism and inefficiency in the mortgage market. I think mm-hmm. that there are, look at what's happened with, do you know who's the best performing social media network stocks have been Pinterest and Snap? I think that's mm-hmm. an immunity. I think people love social media. They just want to get rid of the noxious yeah. fumes. Open web is an immunity to the toxicity of comments. They're cleaning up the comments section on these media platforms. So immunity. I like it. Or I call it, it's a, or, or if I want a virtue signal, you could call it a citizen strategy. But there is money to be made in, public, in investing, investing in, yeah. investing in companies that say to these yeah. these companies with terrible externalities, there's opportunity for someone else to come in and carve out uh, carve out a market. And then the the categories I think where you want to allocate your human capital as a as a young person are around fintech, education, edtech, and then health tech. I think those three categories are going to just Go and incur so much disruption and new, new creation of stakeholder value that it's a great place uh, to invest your own human capital and your capital if you have access to good private companies, which most people don't. Fantastic! What do you that think, was Kara? Very good. I don't know. I don't. I don't pay attention to these things. I hand it over to investment lady at Bernstein, and she takes care of it for me. That's how I That's do smart. it. That's, that's also I, you that's know, a I smart thing to do. I have an all-woman staff at, with, in, in my investment lawyer, accountant, everything. All women. All women, and they all practice judo. Yes. That's that's the prerequisite. Ever love an ass. Anyway, all right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Okay, Scott, you need to give us a week's prediction, but it's got to last a month. So you need to do mm. something really good. This better be a good prediction. But I don't want you to half-ass it here, half-ass as per it. usual. Pass it. Pass it. Um, well, you know, we didn't talk about Robin Hood's going public today. Oh, Right. Yeah, 40% of the revenue from selling order flow on options, 20% from crypto, 30% of their crypto revenue comes from Dogecoin. Yeah. And it really isn't a trading app, it's a gambling app. I mean, this okay. is hardcore gambling, what's going on here. But wow. anyways, that's not my prediction. Okay. Uh, I had someone I have someone very close in my life who had to had a great few weeks plan dropping her kids off in camp and had mm-hmm. to pull both of them out of camp. Right, because of COVID. Because one of them had a breakthrough infection. And it just struck me that uh, I think all of the nation is dealing with the uh, pain 
and unnecessary sacrifice being uh, levied on this nation because people have conflated an absence of oppression being an absence of responsibility. Mm. And in the 60s, we asked young men to go to Southeast Asia and fight a war to protect against this theory called the domino theory of communism. And a lot of them rightfully said, I don't want to go. And we either force them to flee to Canada or we put them in jail. If you live in San Francisco or New York and you work your ass off and your partner works their ass off and you make really good money, the government shows up and takes more than half of it in the form of taxes. And if you say, no, I want to opt out of this responsibility, we fine you. And if you still opt out, we put your ass in jail. And the notion that we are asking people if and when they go into public places, if they go to the movies, if they go to schools, if they get on a plane, if they work for the government. I mean, for fuck's sake, Kara, have you heard that 40% of hospital employees are not vaccinated? 40% yep. of hospital employees yep. are not vaccinated. The nation has had enough. Yeah. It is time for our leaders. And That's I do astonishing. Think That's astonishing, I think. Don't you? Like 40%. I, was, I swallowed my tongue. I'm like, you're dealing with sick people and you're not vaccinated? How, uh, I mean, and kudos to NYU. I got an mm-hmm. email today saying, Scott, you need to show proof of vaccination if you want yeah. to come on campus. I'm like, Washington word, Post my sisters. Did this. If you want employment, not if you want to come in the building, if you want employment. Yeah, they're starting, they're starting, the Department of Veteran Affairs is starting to say, if you want to work for the Department of Veteran Affairs, you have to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So this notion that we are, uh, I, I, this is my prediction. I think that our elected leaders I think their backbone is stiffening, and I think the data is so overwhelming that there has never been in the history of our modern economy mm-hmm. a product that offers so much benefit at so little risk and so little cost. Yeah, This is, this is a blessing. And for the government to decide on this one, similar to the decisions they've made elsewhere, that this is good for the nation and you have to do this, it's time. And it's so going to happen. You I think, think this- this uh, this will will solidify. I was fascinated with the Washington Post. I know that some news news organizations that may, we may be affiliated are worried about the unions and things like that, um, and and figuring if they are allowed to force it. But I was fascinated that the Post said is a condition of employment if you want to work here. You well, this is yet another way the unions are going to continue to shoot themselves in the foot. If you yeah. look at union membership across forty five countries. In every country, they've lost somewhere between 10 and 60% of their membership over the last 30 years. And unions, unions should be organizing to get this done and protect yeah. their workers and protect their communities. So the notion that they're sitting there with their arms crossed saying, well, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know if they are. But let me just say, I mean, that's one of the things they're worried about. You well, know, teachers unions are. Uh, they should I, be organizing. They should be helping this yep. fight. Anyway. Yep. I, I think we are firmness about to see. Is what you're, you're gonna, you're I think about we're to see about firmness. I think we're about to see overdue leadership from our elected leaders. We go, look, government is the connective tissue of our of our society. Occasionally, we ask for a sacrifice. You don't get to decide if that decision was right or wrong. You get to you get to once every four years when you elect people or two years. Mm-hmm. But it is time. Vaccine passports, mandatory uh, proof of vaccination. Um, public transportation to work for the government. I, I hope that a lot of companies and a lot are, are starting to mandate vaccination. It is time to put, we have the White Walker here. We have a threat to our entire society here. We have a monster and we have been blessed because we have discovered dragon glass and that dragon glass is a vaccine. And it is time to put this dragon glass in the fucking heart of this monster. And to sit around and go, well, you know, I'm worried I might get a blister from the dragon glass. I'm going to wait and see. Fuck that. It is time that Americans started acting more American. 
Well, now, of course, there's a big argument just in the House of Representatives about reimposing the mask mandates places there. Everyone's arguing about everything um, about that, too. But look, the mask mandate stuff, you can argue back and forth, although please stop. Um, the vaccine one, you're absolutely right. We're going to see this fight is never going to stop. And for some reason, one side has decided it's about liberty. The other side is um, it'll just it's a very difficult situation. But when it comes to vaccine, it should be a zero tolerance policy, I think, unless you can prove like there's some health issues, like just like with with other things we do when we require. And this is the thing. It's just so weird. The Republican Party, it's going to be these pockets, these vaccine deserts that are going to get decimated and they're almost yeah. all red districts. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Just, it's I think just, the, the arguments will continue and it and it's getting conflated with the mask stuff which people throw back. But here's the thing about masks. People have had it. I I yeah, also empathize I with like I think I don't think we're going back into lockdown. I mean, they will call for lockdowns. I think you're going to see really poor compliance. I think people are just like, look, no, I agree. I'm done. Listen, you I'm can done. argue at the problem with the people who are do, continuing to be assholes about the mask thing. Look, you know, there was one back and forth among some people I know, some a VC who's been obsessive with the mask thing and to the point of being an asshole. And I think the issue is I almost tweeted at him because I know him really well. was like, and then someone else whose uncle died said, this is really rude that you keep doing this. And I fi- I almost was almost tweeted, listen, uh, you can have any opinion you want about this mask thing, but the problem is you're a persistent and obsessive asshole. And that's really the problem, which you can't be cured of by any vaccine. Like, that's what it is. It's like- You went judo treat. on his ass. I know. It was, I didn't. I didn't do it because I thought, I'm just not going to contribute to this. Someone mm-hmm. I actually liked and I don't anymore. And um, and That's called social media. That yeah. happens when yeah, you follow I was like, anybody wow, on you're social just media. An, you can have whatever opinion you want, but boy, are you an asshole and you can't be cured mm-hmm. of that. And so um, that's what that's really what- is the disappointment here. And I agree with you. There are definitely tensions and things like that. But when it comes to vaccines, I'm sorry, people, you're going to have to take your medicine, take your medicine to make them be a, have a better tomorrow, I guess, you know. But anyway, we'll see what happens. We'll see. It'll be a real struggle. It'll continue to be a struggle. Republicans are making it an issue. They shouldn't. Um, anyway, uh, this is our last moments together for a month. Scott, you're going to be gone for August. Explain people why you're doing this and abrogating our responsibility and our work. Together. Well, you know why I take August off. No. Because I can, Kara. Okay. Because right. I can. Okay. All right. And? Um, and? I've decided I'm going to take August off for the rest of my life. Oh, okay. All right. Fine. Well, I'm going to get guest hosts, as many as I can. And of course, I'm bringing back Andrew Ross Sorkin. The Canadian. Yes, the Canadian. I'm bringing in Ben Smith from uh, 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 the New York Times. He's the media writer. I yeah. have Baratunde Thurston. Baratunde. Um, I've got Stephanie I'm on Rule. his podcast this week. I've got the Stephanie ruler, Rule. World, world ruler. Uh, I've got, I'm going to call uh, her and just... Just just get all over for anything yeah. she says on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, I have uh, Katie Couric coming. Um, Katie! Yes, I do. Yes, indeed. Katie Couric. Yes, don't make fun of Katie Couric. She'll rip your face off. No, Scott. I like, she looks I like nice, Katie. But, she's okay. very nice. All right. I got a lot of people but coming by the in. way, she's made the same deal with the devil to Tom Cruise. She looked 30 when she was 20. She now looks she good. looks 30, and uh, she's older than that now. I'm just, yes. something's going on there. That's yeah. a deal with the devil. All that right. woman does in not case, age. You know what? For her, her, for her Sarah Can you find Palin out what face cream she uses? No, I will not. I it's, you can't afford it. It's, you can't afford it. Anyway, and then lastly, I'm going to have to give you the news. I have Preet coming on. Preet coming on. That's a joke, right? No. Preet's going to do That's a it. joke. No, I got to do a legal thing. He's a legal guy. I got to do a legal show. There's a lot of legal things happening. Why would you abuse our friendship like that? I Are just you like Is this to. you lashing out? Is this yes. you Is this yes. you acting out? 
now it's not me acting out. He's part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. We have to like be pushing our shows here. You know what I mean? Mm, what does Preet think? Preet, what do you think? I, yeah. I just can't wait to see what a brown nose you are on Preet. Oh, that was so smart. <laughs> oh, you're not. right. I, I hadn't will, thought I of it that way. I promise I will straighten <laughs> Preet of it that way. in the same way. We're going to talk about legal things. There's all kinds of cases Preet. happening. There's all these, like, there's lots of legal stuff that needs to be discussed. Well, Kara, I'm just going to say things in a breathy, <laughs> Ivy League voice, and I won't really say anything, but you'll be impressed. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and there's some others that are coming up that are going to be fun. Really? Um, you, it'll be yes, it's going to be good. We haven't gotten all the confirmations yet, but it looks pretty good. Um, we, uh, I think, Kathy Griffin is coming on, which should you're kidding me. Keep up with you, Kathy yeah. Griffin. Yeah, she's a friend of mine. Yeah, really? I got a lot of famous friends. In case you're interested, yeah, I like Kathy Griffin. In any case, they are with none of them together. Take the place of you, Scott Galloway. I'm just saying that. Go on. <laughs> You're going to miss me. I feel pretty good right now. I, I am. I good. do. You know, when you came back last year, you were like, I really missed you. You said, remember, you were like yeah, raring to go. You. you were raring to go. You. So here's the deal. Every, Whatever you're days. doing to yourself in Ibiza or wherever the yeah. hell you're going, behind the refrigerator, do as much as you want. But when you come back, you need to be smart. You need to be sharp. You need to be on the news. School is in session in September. And I need you back stronger than ever. So come back rested and curious. That's what I tell my students. That's what I say. Rested and That's curious right. and, and off drugs. That would be yeah. particularly yeah. good. And uh, and uh, I want. I wish you a great time. I will miss Thank you. you um, and when you get back again, be ready because I, I I will be in shape. I'll well, be in judo shape with all the these dog great stands guest at the hosts. Door. Yeah, he's a German Shepherd roaming the property looking for work like a Belgian Malinois. All right then. Okay. Don't forget if there's a story in the news and uh, and you're curious about and want to hear our opinion on, go to nymag.com slash pivot and submit a question for the show. Scott, read us out. Today's show was produced by Lara Naiman, Camila Salazar, and Evan Engel. Ernie Entertot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Katie Kirk is filling in for Scott Galloway. Never hear that. You never hear that. <laughs>